Hello and welcome to the first episode of the second season of War Stories with B-Rex. Uh, probably going to make this a short episode today just because I'm trying to get back into the swing of it. Um, and I'm going to start out with a little bit of housekeeping, kind of just filling you guys in on stuff. Um, so some, some of you may have seen, uh, there's going to be some random ads on some of my episodes. Uh, basically, things are moving in a way where I get enough views to actually warrant some advertising, so that's pretty cool. Obviously, you can always uh, help out with Patreon if you want to. Don't feel obligated to that. Um, and one other thing about the YouTube is some episodes are missing. I don't know what the deal is, but YouTube removed some of them at some time. And I'm going to have to go back through and probably re-upload and maybe even add some photos and stuff, try to make it so you can see what I'm talking about a little bit better. Uh, also, I'm going to start, uh, for the YouTube, for people that use YouTube, uh, I'm going to start using my YouTube for stuff other than this show, this podcast. Um, if that's not what you're interested in, like outdoorsy stuff, fishing stuff, then don't worry about it. I'm just trying to use my YouTube for stuff that's not, uh, as depressing or aggravating as, uh, talking about conflict in the world that I was involved with. Um, on this episode, I'm mainly going to talk about my first trip home after coming home from Iraq. I don't know, and I for forgive me if I repeat anything, it's been a little bit, um, but I don't think I really talked about what it was like when I got back to Virginia on my leave block and hung out with different people around town. And the shenanigans, I guess you could say, that happened or the drama that happened and when I kind of realized that I had really changed as a person because when I came, I mean, when you do it, you don't really notice that anything's different and, you know, trying to hang out with girls that I wanted to hang out with or wanted to, you know, get romantic with before I went to Iraq, coming back, they all said that I was basically the same and I felt the same. I didn't feel any different at all. Um, but I went home spent some time with uh, my friends from high school, which my group from high school was kind of a mixed bag. I had friends all over the place, football friends, friends like skater, skateboard friends. And this one particular night, I was hanging out with a group of guys and we were <clears throat> at a party in some guy's basement and uh, we're all hanging out, everything's hunky-dory. And all of a sudden my friend's like, we gotta go. And I'm like, why? I'm like, well, I just got into it with this other dude and, you know, whatever. And so we try to leave. And my friend, we were all pretty drunk at the time. I was 20 years old. This is in Stafford, Virginia. And uh, we, somebody got the bright idea that my friend should apologize to this guy that he had just got into a physical altercation with that I didn't even know about. I was out front, like, smoking a cigarette, waiting for my friends to come out so we could go home. And, uh, so we do that and we, f we basically at like three in the morning after being completely drunk, we followed these guys to their house, which was stupid. And my friend just like apologized like, Hey man, I'm sorry. 
I didn't mean to, you know, be a jerk or whatever. And my friend was a little bit of a hothead at the time. He's doing well now. Um, and uh, <laughs> we we stood there, and he got out of the car, and the kid starts running his mouth. And my friend, eventually my friend gets angry and tries to fight him or whatever. Again, I'm still sitting there totally fine. All the rest of us are sitting there totally not trying to get into this physical altercation. And my friend starts fighting this one guy and then another guy jumps in and actually jumps on my friend's back and starts like choking him or punching him from behind or whatever. And that's when I basically completely blacked out. And the next thing I know, I'm just standing over the kid, just stomping his face. He's laying face down and I'm just stomping as hard as I can on the back of this kid's head into the pavement. And then my friend, the one that got jumped, or I guess you could say they didn't get jumped. The guy that was fighting two dudes at once is the guy that finally like grabs me and shakes me out of it. Like, bro, what are you doing? And I look down and I'm just like, Oh my God. And like, just completely, I've never really done anything like that before that, you know, I'd been in firefights. I had shot my rifle, but it was mostly just shooting at like shapes in the distance. Or, you know, not really knowing what's going on. And so, that was a pretty big deal. That was eye-opening. Um, so, I really tried to, like, contain my anger after that. Or I was really, you know, I I don't really like getting in fistfights and stuff. Try to stay pretty calm. And that's the reason why. is because I, that one time I, like, lost my mind. Um... After that, I mean, that's basically the only story from that leave block that I can really remember. Um, after that, I went to Germany to see my family because um, my dad had been stationed in, in at the NATO school in Oberammergau. And uh, no, not really eventful there either. Was able to drink at the bar. That was nice. Uh, Bavaria is the most beautiful place I've ever seen. Um if you're interested in what it looked like, just Google Oberammergau um, or the NATO school in Germany down. It's like an hour south of Munich in the Alps. And so it was a pretty good place to spend the last half of my leave block. Um, just if you're into mountains and natural beauty. Um, oh, that's pretty much it for the leave block. So then we rotate back. And we're all excited as one pump jumps to be fire team leaders. Some people had been selected to be squad leaders. I would argue for not the right reason. People were selected because they liked to clean or they liked, you know, they're basically just brown nosers. They didn't really select people that had extra responsibility in honor deployment, which was frustrating to me. Um, there was one guy, Rodriguez was good to go. He was a fire team leader towards the end of the deployment after um, people had been getting hit or transferred out or, you know, especially after he might have even acted as squad leader for a little bit after Sergeant Covington got himself wounded pretty bad. Rodriguez, I'd love to have you on if you're listening to this um, to fill me in. But I know that he was definitely a fire team leader and he became a squad leader when we came home. Um, but he was transferred to a different platoon. And then we uh, we were all excited. We got a new lieutenant and a new 
platoon sergeant, Lieutenant Mahoney and Staff Sergeant Schaefer. They were both pretty good guys. Um, we definitely did not like Lieutenant Mahoney at first, but I guess spoilers in in the future, I really grew to like like the guy. Um, but at first, we definitely did not like him at all. And we were all also very cocky and kind of uh, dejected, I guess would be the correct word. We were all kind of like, just had a fuck you attitude after what we had been through in, in Hoplonia and the way we had been treated by our company commanders and squad leaders and stuff like that. Um, so he showed up, I just remember, he just had this, he had a much cockier attitude than Lieutenant Jefferson or really any of the other lieutenants that we had. Um, he just seemed like he thought he was a lot better than us. And I always tried to be pretty respectful. There were other people that were much more blatantly disrespectful, especially when he he had this one thing that was kind of like you scratch your head and just kind of like, what do they teach you at, you know, IOC, Officer Infantry Corps? or infantry officers course, I'm dyslexic, sorry. Um, and where if you look up a seven ton, we called them, I guess they were called armadillos, but we always just called them seven tons. And you have a seven ton when you're not in country, the seven tons have a like a like a flatbed truck kind of where the benches fold down from the outsides of the of the truck bed. Uh, when you're in country it's the opposite. You have armor on the outsides and then the benches are in the middle back to back so that you can shoot out and so that you're protected from uh, small arms fire, IEDs and stuff. And it was as if he had never seen the type of truck that we actually patrolled in. Like maybe his vision was still, or his his imagination, because this was, this is middle of, this is like the summer of 2007. So the war had been going on for, you know, over four years at this point. And when we invaded, those were the kinds of trucks that people rode in, in the back, no armor. And our Humvees were soft skin as well. But by the time we were there, and especially when we went back the second time, what we were training for, we obviously had up armored seven tons. And so for them, or for him to think that it was like, he tried to teach us, like, you're not going to sit in the benches you're going to sit on your backpacks, which I agreed with. And so it was like, well, at least he's, you know, thinking the right way. But, you know, other people really latched on to that particular thing. I just thought he was kind of, you know, a little bit arrogant um, and a little bit disrespectful to us, which was kind of a common thread in the Marine Corps. Like when you when you're in the shit really heavily, it seems in my experience, and I try to be respectful, um, and this is both just in general in the Marines, then also when I was out for a little bit, then I went back in the reserves. It's almost like people in the Marine Corps don't like people that were actually ever in heavy combat. It's like they have a some sort of a, like a, a beef with them or like a gripe or like a kind of just an attitude towards them. And it's like everything. Like when you go to, you go to S1 to like get your, your records fixed because they're always fucked up. It's like the way they treat you because you're a grunt is just shitty. Or like you go to the chow hall and there's like a bunch of like pugs 
And then they just, everyone just treats you like shit because the cooks are pogues and the people, you know, the sergeant major that runs the chow hall is a fucking pogue. And he's like bitching at you because you're sweaty and not letting you eat. And it's like, well, what am I supposed to eat? And also we're out here training. What do you think the Marine Corps exists for? Why are you wearing that uniform? You're wearing it so that people like me and my friends can go and kick down doors and fuck shit up. The Marine Corps doesn't exist so you can wear a cool looking uniform and, you know, so you can practice map. But I digress. Um, And it just seemed, it seemed like the second chain of command, because basically when we came home, our company commander, the one that we all hated, like he just left. There was no ceremony. There was no nothing. He was just gone. Same thing. Our first sergeant wasn't even there when we got back. He went, he was on advanced or Advon, the advanced party. And he wasn't even there when we got there. So he never even said goodbye. Like that's how, that's how poor our leadership was on that first deployment. Um, so then I thought that there was only one way to go and that was up. And I would argue that that's correct. Um, some people really disliked our lieutenant. Um, all of us were kind of being douchebags. Um, but like one thing we did, this is pretty funny. Um, and this was actually, my dad talked about this when I was growing up. It's like, I'm going to learn my platoon's names. So I'm going to have a, or his companies, I'm going to have a photo. And my dad talked about Polaroids. I'm going to take a Polaroid of every Marine in my platoon. And then when I'm a company commander, I'm going to take a Polaroid of every Marine in my company. And I'm going to put them in a big folder so that I know everybody's fucking name, which is good leadership. Um, But we all just started, we just were assholes about it. And like my photo, I actually recently found these photos somehow on on my laptop from that deployment where it's all of us and we're all doing different things that are like stupid as shit. And it was in our Charlie's. So, like, a bunch of us were wearing our covers, like John Bassalone, all crooked and, like, wearing sunglasses. And some of us had cigarettes in our mouths, like, in the photos that we, because it was, we were basically just handed a digital camera by our, st- our platoon sergeant and told to take pictures. Like, no one supervised us. And, you know, so we took, like, one of my friends took a photo where, like, right next to, he's up against the wall, but right next to him was, like, a, uh, a photo of like a hot chick or like two chicks making out or something. And that's what he sent mine. I had sunglasses on and a cigarette in my mouth. And I think our Lieutenant took it as pretty disrespectful. And that might be because it was, <laughs> um, but it was funny. And we all got to laugh a kick out of it. Um, so, so then the next thing that happened after we got our Lieutenant and it might've been, yeah, I'm pretty sure we had our lieutenant before we got our boot drop, but we got our, we got all the boots came in and, you know, obviously people started like hazing him and stuff and like messing with him and making him do stupid shit. I would say not nearly as bad as was done to us. From my observations, um, we were pretty slack on him. Um, and, and like, I, I was like got in one kid's face for like five seconds to like try it out. And I was like, that's not for me. <laughs> like, I don't want to, that's, I'm just gonna, that's not how it's going to be. Um, because I mean, I hated the fact that we were treated like that when we showed up and after all that heavy fighting, like we kind of realized how stupid it was, I guess you could say. Um, and 
our new guys showed up and we were more, we expected our second deployment to be just as bad or worse. You know, we kind of heard that we were going to the Fallujah area, Baghdad, near Baghdad and Fallujah kind of area. And so we were all expecting it to be a lot worse than our deployment. Plus, we all had a pretty negative outlook on the way that the war was going to turn out. We all, like, none of us thought we were going to win. None of us thought that we had nearly enough guys. We kind of just thought that the enemy was going to continue to grow in strength. And then, you know, eventually it'd be like Vietnam when we're all, like, in Saigon trying to get out of there. Which, hang around for season three to talk about that. Um, about Afghanistan. I guess I've already talked about that. But anyways, uh, we got the boots. No, Nothing was remarkable about them at first. I remember being kind of blown away. I guess there was something that was interesting. Is that there were a lot of them were college graduates compared to my group of guys. Um, and the, the average age seemed to be higher than us. When I showed up, I was 18 years old. Or when I enlisted, I was 18. 17, 18, and then I was at the fleet, 19. And all my friends were young as shit, too. This seemed like we had a lot of guys that had full bachelors, for some reason, didn't do anything with that, or didn't become officers, and enlisted. And they were like, you know, 20... Like, I was 20, I think, at the time. And they were all 24, 25. Which was interesting. Obviously, there's still other, uh, other young ones, but there did seem to be an abnormal amount of older guys. Um, then the company commander showed up, and this is another one where I kind of had a different attitude than all my friends, and I would say that maybe they were right because he, you know, he never liked me. I, I gave him. I really liked him at first because he showed up. And he played college football, and he um, he was he seemed to have energy about him, and he gave very motivational speeches, and he was all talking about honor and fighting and, and stuff like that. Where like Perry Waters never did any of that. Um, Perry Waters was just such a fucking like wet rag when it came to his leadership. I mean, and and if you've listened to my other previous episodes you'll hear that even he he maybe even didn't want to be our leader he maybe even like disliked us based on his actions and what he said and shit and i and i missed a bunch of stuff like when i have other people on in the future we'll talk more and more about that guy because he was just such a bad leader it was incredible um but captain matori william matori bill matori is how he went Everyone always made fun of him and called him William Wallace and all this stuff. But like I said, I liked him. Like, I thought that he was motivating. I thought that he was, and this is obviously first impressions. Um, I tried to like him. You know, I, I was like, he's anything's better than what we just had. But I also think that a lot of my friends, the their gung-ho-ness had worn off compared to me. The guy really held it. And even though our first deployment was stupid, and I think that's just because I grew up in the Marine Corps, and it, and stupidly, probably, I really wanted it to all not be stupid. I really wanted everything to be worth it. I wanted the deployment to be worth it. I wanted all the suffering to be worth it. I wanted all of our friends that were killed and wounded for it to be worth it. Um, 
obviously that was I was idealistic still at the time. I was still a very young kid compared to my how old I am now. Um, so yeah, we basically started we started a whole new warm up, just our whole new workup, just like we had done a year previous. And we did, we were told, hey, you guys are going back in eight months. So we didn't have that long compared to how long it was for our seniors and how long it was for us before we, we were deploying back to Iraq. Um, and uh, yeah, so I think I'm gonna stop there. I'm gonna keep it short today. Just, I wanna get back in the swing of it. Next time I'm gonna talk about the workup and everything and all the buildup and how the platoon got shaped before we did our deployment to uh, the Fallujah area. So thank you for listening. And uh, thanks for sticking around after, you know, not, not posting anything since January. Um, feels good to do this again. All right, bye.